You're listening to Life and Health Matters with Dr. Shakib, and this is your host, Momak Shakib. This episode has to do with dementia that all of us will get if we continue the lifestyle that we have. No, I'm not talking about the dementia that older people get. This is the kind of dementia that can start at a much, much younger age and has to do with our lifestyle. I hope I'm teasing you enough to want to listen to the rest of the podcast because to me, doing what I do for a living, this is highly important and it is absolutely threatening our society before long. If you have any questions or comments, please forward them to drspodcastshow at gmail.com. Make sure you rate and subscribe to the podcast. And with that said, let's proceed with the podcast. So dementia has to do with the shrinkage of the brain, essentially. So this shrinkage of the brain can start with a small piece portion of the brain, and depending on the location, it can impact different parts of our living. So as it expands and the brain starts shrinking and more nerve cells, more brain cells die, more and more things get lost in the process. This is the kind of dementia that we're used to hearing and we associate it with older age. Not necessarily everyone, but many elderly end up with, it seems. The issue I have with the dementia I'm about to talk to you about has to do with our lifestyle. We are talking about digital dementia. Digital dementia has to do with the electronic devices that we are using. What we're finding out is that by looking at digital devices, we get accustomed to so many different things that happen repeatedly and so many things that don't even take place. And the impact of these on the brain. So let's reverse engineer this for a second. You know your brain controls every function, every movement, every single part of your existence depends on your brain function. That's why when the brain is, mouth, is no longer working, that person is considered a vegetable. And if they've decided to donate their body parts, they start looking at it. And they start donating the body parts. As an example, the point I'm trying to make here is your brain is basically the master coordinator and the part of you that's in charge of everything. Everything you do impacts the brain and leads to how it behaves and how the order of things will be from that point forward. The terms are, is called neuroplasticity, that your brain, your nerves are like plastic. They form depending on the type of stimuli they're exposed to. So if it's a negative impact, the brain will respond negatively to it. And if it's positive impact, it responds 
positively to it. We know that a lot of times with so many things that there are chemical drugs available out there, we can manipulate the brain and stimulate it in a fashion that can basically do a much better job than that medical, uh, that medicine with its side effect does in general. Now we're talking about negative neuroplasticity, the impact of our lifestyle looking at our digital devices on the brain and how it impacts it. So, as a great example, you're looking at your phone, looking down at your phone, just like we always do, and we scroll up and down or whatever it is that we're doing on our phone. The moment your head is no longer in the proper alignment with the rest of your body, an average head weighing about 12 to 15 pounds, when it's tilted forward all the way, like most of us look at our phones looking down, that average head of 12 to 15 pounds ends up putting about 60 pounds of pressure and uh, impact on this neck vertebrae. And you're looking down. With that goes the rest of the body and the postural deviation that takes place as a result of that. The forward neck comes with a slouched posture with the tummy sticking out, with you standing essentially your center of gravity being more forward compared to where it needs to be. This comes with the collapse of your diaphragm, which now impacts your breathing. So this is just your phone. Then you go sit behind the computer or you look at your iPad or laptop or desktop. Your daily routine encourages, once again, a collapsed posture. Rolled forward shoulders, slouched, collapsed diaphragm, weak abdominals, all of these are part of the same package. The part of your brain that says to the body, upright against gravity, it's in the middle portion of your brain, does not really get to practice its part. As a result of that, because there is no use or not enough use, it starts shrinking. So, when it starts shrinking, the portion of your command center, your brain that says upright against gravity, no longer does its job like it should. So then it perpetuates the problem. You see, there is a map of your sensation and movement in your brain. It's called homunculus. This map is essentially your born with that map there, and the more activities you do, the darker the borders get, depending on what it is that you're doing, again, when it comes to sensation and movement. And the less you do, the lighter those borders get, so to speak. You've heard of phantom pain, I'm sure, for those of you who have not. Phantom pain is when, uh, let's say, the arm of an individual gets cut off for whatever reason, and that person missing an arm still has a sensation of, let's say, pain or itchiness in that arm. 
the arm that's missing. So the question is, how is that person even feeling it? Well, this has to do with that map I was referring to, the homunculus. So while the arm is missing, the map of the arm, when it comes to sensation and movement, still exists in the brain. Over time, it decreases and decreases until it goes away. And the issue with phantom pain is that the duration it takes for that map to reshape itself based on the use or lack of use takes time. So this person ends up having, um, let's say, itchiness or pain in that arm, which has to do with the sensation. Remember, homunculus has a sensory map and a motor map, motor meaning movement. So when in the example I was giving you with sitting behind the um, computer using your laptop or your phone and not activating the portion of the brain called uh, PMRF, the middle portion of the brain that says upright against gravity. Well, even when you want to do it, it's not long-lived, it's short-lived. So you have negatively impacted your brain, aka negative neuroplasticity, and the outcome is that. Along with that same posture comes lack of proper breathing. In fact, the nuclei of the nerve that's in charge of your diaphragm elevating and, and depressing with the breathing in and out sits right next to the portion that says upright against gravity. So with the collapsed posture, with the collapsed diaphragm, goes the lack of practice to get the diaphragm elevated and go all the way down. So with deep breathing does not happen. When deep breathing doesn't happen, the brain says, okay, this must not be the need. So it reshapes its form. Now, even when you want to, you can't, or you don't do it optimally, because once again, that map is compromised. It has changed. So then, how do you fix it? To fix it, you first need to find out what parts are compromised, what parts of that map is compromised, and you positively stimulated. We're talking about postural neurology here. I've done an episode on postural neurology. I don't want to make this episode about postural neurology. This episode has to do with digital dementia. So how do we avoid digital dementia? There are so many different things you can do. The most important part is to minimize the amount of usage of these digital devices. But let's be real. We all use them. So the best thing to do is to add variety in the task. So if you're sitting for an extended length of time behind a computer or using your laptop, every hour get up and move around. Move around for two, three minutes. Come back. Sit on not a hard surface like a chair. Sit on an air cushion or an exercise ball. That's the, the fact that it's not stable and it's not hard and the brain has to 
balance the body while you're sitting on it, even though it's micro-stimulation, that micro-stimulation stimulates the PMRF, that middle portion of the brain, which helps not shrink as fast, I guess. So you got to pay attention to that. Another thing that I absolutely suggest for um, us to do is to avoid those um, notifications that come in the computer. In the upper right, lower right, whatever, wherever your notifications come. I see that when I do examination on patients, when I do uh, the eye movement exercises, I see that almost everyone has issues with their eye movements. So if your right eye, let's say your notification is in the top right portion of your screen. So every time you're typing something from right top portion comes in and your eyes go to the top right a lot more than any other directions that they go to. So then you're reshaping that map of the brain and you're changing how it behaves. So what is to do? You remove that notification or you go out of your way to do all these other what's called cardinal field of gaze, which is just basically make a circle or follow a square uh, that encourages your eye to go to the lower right, upper right, go along the top to the top left, go down to the lower left and just kind of have this square in front of you and just with your eyes only follow that. One of the things that um, I have found out is when I do postural neurology exam on my patients, I see that one eye is more dominant than the other eye. So is it okay to have a dominant eye? And the answer is absolutely not. Why? If we have right, let's say if we're more dominant on one hand than the other, why can't we have more dominance in one eye than the other? And the answer is you use both of your eyes all the time. So eye dominance is a result of using one eye more than the other. Now you have to understand when you do that, again, this is negative neuroplasticity. When you do that, the, you're basically creating an imbalance in your own brain. So your right side and left side of the brain have to communicate with each other. That's what balancing is, is all about essentially. So you have to positively stimulate this in on both sides, right side and left side. So you cover your dominant eye with a uh, menial task, you know, maybe you're uh, tidying up your room, maybe um, you're watching TV or things like that, things that don't require too much focusing. You cover the dominant eye so the non-dominant eye gets to do its parts. The point here, and you know, there are other things that are incorporated in the postural neurology exam, but the point I'm trying to make is the type of dementia that we are all going to suffer if not, I'm sure in all of us it's already started, is the digital dementia, how our brain is shrinking as a result of the digital devices that we are using. I'll make sure that the links to Postural Neurology podcast and the extension of what you need to do beyond 
positive neuroplasticity, which is functional movement, is uh, included in the show notes. But you have to understand, you can't make something that is against the design of your body to all of a sudden become 100% good. The best thing is to avoid it, which, let's be real, we won't be doing that. So make sure that you um, at least minimize the amount of damage. This is impacting us on every level. We're seeing the impact of digital dementia on children with their lack of focus, with their lack of performance in school, with their moods, with their um, social management. We're not talking about social media here. We're talking about social skills, interacting with people. We're creating more and more phobias as a result of just the the digital devices that we're using. I'm very concerned about it. I used to, in, in practice, I used to see a lot of issues in much older generations, and now I'm seeing those same exact problems in much, much younger people. My patients are becoming younger as a result of our um, decline in health. At any rate, this is important. Please pay attention to it. Look up information that I put in the show notes. And do know that every bit of effort in the right direction is going to make a change. If you have any questions or comments, please Forward the questions and comments to me via email, drspodcastshow at gmail.com. Until the next episode, take care.